Okay, so tell me things you love. Okay. Renee Zellweger, by the way. Yes. That, that Judy flick, you know. Uh, Bridget few... Jones's Diary. Okay, I don't know about that. But that Judy flick, I cried like a baby. During I, the Judy Garland movie. I cried like a baby. I, I can't even see this happening from you. I cry in real life. I don't usually cry at a movie. But with that, I cried like a baby. I literally, I cry at everything. Commercials. The polar bear one. I cry at all of them. Yeah, you cry at all of them. I, I cry at like life moments. I just love, I love like. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you, you like, it's, oh, the humanity of it. The humanity, I love the it. The humanity of it. Makes me cry It's like, day. oh. Well, okay. There you I go. Hear that. Okay, what else do you love? Um, I already said squats. Squats, heavyweights. You know what? I love squats too. I don't like doing them, but I like what they do to me. (laughs) That's that's basically (laughs) that. (laughs) What do you like? What are you liking lately? I love this podcast. Welcome to Rough Cut. Welcome. I'm JB Jones. I'm Alan Simich. And we're doing an episode today that we have to do. We're forced to. We're forced to because we decided to do a f- our very first episode of Rough Cut, um, which, you know, this being episode two is really exciting. We have a name. We have a name now. It's called yeah. Rough Cut. Rough, Welcome. Rough Cut. Because we're rough and we're cut. Oh, yes. <laughs> cheek- these cheekbones. <laughs> these cheekbones. Okay. We already introduced ourselves. We're here to talk about... Things we love in the jewelry industry because episode one, which we just mentioned, was about things we hate, which had to be done, had to be done. We did the gripes. We did the whole thing. We did the, oh, it's to this, it's to that. There's a lot of this. There's a lot of that. We went Because we love it, we have to tell you these things so we can all make it better. That's what we're trying to. That was the reason. We want to build a better world for tomorrow. But today we're back with loads of positivity. Okay. Which we're known for. I, I'm famously positive. Okay, don't <laughs> okay. give me that look. I am famously optimistic and positive. And we're going to talk today, guys, about what we love about the jewelry industry because that's what Rough Cut is about: jewelry, jewelry industry, things we love, things we hate. Mm-hmm. The first thing that I want to say about the jewelry industry and things we love is I love authenticity. It gets me every time. Get the authenticity yeah. of it. That's what gets you. You know, when someone puts it out there and it's so them and they're like balls to the wall with yeah. what they're doing. G- glory hole. <laughs> glory hole. The, that pair of earrings you sent me that literally was like a piece of wood cut out and above it written glory hole. So himself. He's so great. That was great. I would buy those. So great. I would buy those. I would buy those too. I, I thought actually, it was a ring. They should do ring. They should do a ring. That yeah. would that would be actually really funny if they did. So we love that. Yeah, when, we love when that. you're just so true to yourself. There's no escaping the dynamics of something like that. It's really a hard thing to do as a creative in any field to work at something for however long somebody's worked at it and then have to put it out there for others to view, critique, criticize, and mm. you have to hear it. You have to bear it all. And it's it's an incredibly unnerving sort of feeling, and it takes a tremendous amount of, like, baseline courage just to do the work and then, on top of that, to put it out there. So I commend anybody who does so and does so completely, authentically, true to themselves because it's hard to find. Uh, I think that it's perhaps... 
at least from what I've been seeing lately, it's harder to find um, than it should be in our business. Mm -hmm. But then when you come across a creative who makes glory hole earrings, it's like, oh, this is so cool. Why hasn't anybody else done this? <laughs> right. I've been waiting for I've this my waiting. whole life. My whole life I've been waiting right. for a pair of earrings. That's a glory yeah. hole. Yeah. Well, I think part of it, you know, having a small business myself, I think part of it is finding your authenticity as a business can be difficult. And it's you have to really put in the work. And I think you know, our business, NYC Jewelry Week, is going into its fifth year. Mm -hmm. um, Bella and I have been, you know, hustling the whole way. I like to say we didn't know what we were doing in the beginning. Bella says the opposite. Mm. But I really feel as we go into year five, we finally discovered who we really are. And so I don't want young jewelers to, you know, feel discouraged in that starting something out, you have, you know, kernel of an idea, you put it out there, might not get a great reception mm -hmm. right away, a big Instagram following or all those things, you, you know, those trappings that you, yeah. that you think you need right away. Uh, just work at it because authenticity, you know, it in theory seems to be something that's just going to come out of you. But sometimes you got to really work to find out what is authentic for that brand mm -hmm. that you're building? Yeah. And for yourself, what makes sense? What is sort of true to your character, too, and to your interests and that sort of thing? I think that, like, there is a tendency for um, people to get into this business. And they obviously, you have to think in terms of commerce, right? You're always sort of thinking in terms of what is commercially viable because you have to because that's the missive. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I always encourage people to do more of that, actually. But they shouldn't sort of assume that high concept, high design, or anything that is out of the ordinary is by default not commercially viable. There are ways mm -hmm. to do things that, you know, for instance, like, a pair of glory hole earrings might be mm. a little bit of a tough sell for most yes, people. Yes. That's not an easy thing. But you can take a concept and that the vibe of a piece like that and turn it into something that's much easier to pitch to a larger audience. Yeah. So, I mean, I would buy them, but right. many people I, would not. I would not. too. You, you would know, too. I saved them because I was like, these are amazing. Yeah. And I want to buy them as gifts for that's an amazing you know, gift, by the way. Glory holes. We keep talking about these earrings. We should know who makes them. So I am going to share these earrings okay. when we release this podcast on NYC Jewelry Week Instagram. So you should follow it. So you should follow it yeah. so you can see these earrings. So the other thing we love is creativity, which goes hand in hand yeah, with absolutely. what we were talking about. Absolutely. Uh, the, I love sort of the opportunity for creativity in this business, right? Mm -hmm. So we talked a lot about in our first episode when we discussed our gripes that there was a tremendous amount of kind of sameness in the business. <laughs> we mentioned some brands. You know, we probably lost sponsorship opportunities. I don't care because... Because now we have a name. Because now we have a name. First episode, we didn't even have a name. So who did they know to be mad at? They can't be cross. They don't know even who to be cross with. No. There was no name. Now no. we have a name. So anyway, but uh, there's a great deal of opportunity for creativity. There's something so like technical about jewelry, mm -hmm. too. And I love jewelry that is mechanical. Um, I once designed a collaboration with Drew Jewelry, which is an LA-based brand. Mm -hmm. And we made a series of mechanical rings, which did very well. And uh, I still have one that I had purchased for myself. And I love jewelry that is kind of 
that takes full advantage of the fact that these are things made out of metals. Mm-hmm. So there are ways to even do high, you know, fine jewelry. And it's super mechanical and clever. And uh, I love sort of little contraptions in jewelry like that. I, and jewelry uniquely gives you an opportunity to play with mechanics in a way that most clothes don't. I mean, there are some like uh, designers who do make transformable pieces and that kind mm-hmm. of thing. You see on runways like, you know, a cape turn into a dress and that sort of thing or a hat mm-hmm. turn into a bustier. Well, probably right. not that one. But something like that. You know what I'm saying? Hussein mm-hmm. Shalan, who's a designer who does mm-hmm. a lot of sort of really mechanical work that is that transforms mm-hmm. live on the runway, which is in- incredible, incredible work. You you can do that in fashion. It's not necessarily the most comfortable thing in the world to wear when you do that in fashion, right? Mm-hmm. But jewelry just gives you an opportunity to create these little sort of gadgets and devices and that sort of thing because you're working in metals. And mm-hmm. I, I wish I saw more of that. It's a shame that we don't, but that's that's one thing that I love. I, mm-hmm. I love just the opportunity for what can be done with metal that you can't do in other medium. Yeah. And I... I on the opposite end of that, I love jewelers who use interesting materials. So you like you like a wood. I love wood. Or you like an acrylic. Love. love. Well, yeah. I love wood. You love wood. Yeah, I love paper, jewelry. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You like the super high concept kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. If it's too big to wear or <laughs> then you want to wear it. Definitely. I yeah. wore these paper earrings in the rain the other day and I was like, ugh. Bad idea. Bad idea, but yeah. you don't think about it. You know, well, it's all some, about the statement. Some people might for me. Think about but it. that's what's interesting, right? About from from every point from the making to the wearing. The yes. opportunity for creativity there is exciting to see that collaboration. I love that about jewelry that as a uh, consumer, you can take something and and put it on its head or make it your own mm-hmm. as jewelry. And, and fashion's very similar, but I love that jewelry can become like a signature and, uh, you know, I think in an easier way often than fashion can. It, it takes a while to get that curated wardrobe, right? It takes a while for you to collect all those YSL shirts that you're going to wear, right? It didn't take me and that then- long. <laughs> Well, yes, okay, not does. everybody. No, but, but you know, I have this l- wonderful young woman, Han, who uh, helps curate that for me. Okay, but anyway. Yeah. Great. Well, yeah, yeah but there, it's so exciting that, you know, those opportunities um, from every part of it, that it's so yes. cool. It's like collaborating uh, with the jeweler. Yeah, I think jewelry inherently is a thing you kind of accumulate slowly over time. Uh, I think for most people that's the case, and therefore to be in a position where you're kind of making specialty work like that, mm-hmm. um, I think it behooves you as a designer because I know for me, um, and I'm this way with clothes too, I kind of get my basics out of the way, and once I've done that, then I start to look for really interesting stuff mm-hmm. to build on that. Mm-hmm. So as far as my personal jewelry collection is like, I feel like I have all the basics, mm-hmm. I have all of that done and out of the way, and then I start exactly. looking for things that are... Yeah. You know, I have no basics. You have no I have basics. this ring. You, you're wearing basics. You know, this is true. This one this one ring here I wear mm. every day. And Gold band. It's the only basic Lovely. that I have. But yeah. So th- I think it's... Uh, I think there is a lot that you can do uh, with jewelry that you just can't do in um, other wearable media. And mm-hmm. I, I love that about that. Love it. Yeah. I love it. And even from the marketing perspective, right? And that's your 
your aspect creating images for jewelers so much possibility for creativity. Oh, yeah, I, there's endless sort of possibility in that, uh, especially if you're talking about something like creative still life work, right? So you have like so much opportunity to do creative work that you wouldn't necessarily be able to do uh, with other kinds of product. And that's always uh, super fun to play yeah. with, like yeah. conceptually. But it's fun also kind of speaking to creativity. Jewelry is also technically very restricting in what you can do and how you can light it on set. And what I enjoy about my work is um, having that box that I have to work within and then mm -hmm. coming up with ways to make it look like something yeah. I haven't done before, something I haven't seen before, and kind of trying to push those bounds as much as I can. Yeah. But yeah, that, that, that's a great thing about jewelry. And obviously that unlike a shirt or a shoe or something like that, it is like truly a forever piece. I mean, clothes yeah. can be forever pieces totally. too. They can. Uh, but jewelry yeah. really is like a forever piece that you can inherit, that you can give, mm -hmm. that'll always fit, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. So, th so that's true. kind of the unique thing about it. I And I wish more people took the opportunity to go you know, to, to bigger, grander places, playing with mechanics more, playing with mm -hmm. kind uh, higher concept ideas, even in a commercial kind of context. Yeah. I, I wish we saw more of that. But th it does exist, and that's what I love about yeah. the industry. I don't want to see another tennis bracelet from anyone, a diamond tennis bracelet. Yeah, it's okay. We, diamond okay. tennis bracelet. Well, I just, I love this combo because I, I just, Alan and I love to geek out over images mm -hmm. and there's so many parts just as we're getting through this number two item of creativity that I just love. Yes. Gets me so excited mm -hmm. thinking about jewelry images and how you create them and mm -hmm. how we as jewelry week share them and what comes from that and seeing the, the jewelry that's in it. It's just, it's all so fun. So this leads to the next one, mm -hmm. um, originality. Originality. We love that. We, we love seeing. Love so we talked about authenticity and creativity, and we do think originality is different in case you're like, well, those are all the same thing. No, they're not. They're not. Shut up. I don't know if people are saying that. I don't know. What I thought saying. that. That's okay. why. Oh. That's why I said that. Well, you so shut let's up. Let's be honest. I, but it is different. Okay. Yeah. Elaborate a lot. Well, <laughs> let's get into it. Let's, Let's do it. Get into Let's it. do it. Uh, when we're kind of talking about creativity, obviously we're talking about kind of pushing sort of uh, the limits of you as a designer and mm -hmm. what you can kind of accomplish and come up with, right? Creativity isn't necessarily always original. It doesn't really need True. to be, yeah. right? That's mm -hmm. not a given with being sort of super creative. And you may be kind of just reinventing the wheel, but mm -hmm. in an interesting sort of way and with a slightly different spin on it. And that's there's nothing wrong with working in that way. I think originality is like when you see work that is obviously truly one of a kind and came from... Like there's a through line. This piece mm -hmm. so clearly came from that person. Right. And it's so that vibe, you know, and all of those stars kind of align. And mm -hmm. it's always exciting when you come across something because it's always, isn't it funny how you cannot know anything about the designer, but you see a piece like that and you know immediately, oh, this is very, this is so them. Yeah. You can yeah. say that with full confidence that is like, oh, this is so you. Absolutely. So you just came from a really original place. Yeah. So th that's kind of what, I think of when I'm thinking of originality and 
kind of what excites me when we come mm-hmm. across it. We, you and I, we see so much stuff. Yeah. And that's we why get so, we get so excited when we see something. Original. I know when it's, but yeah. again, that's because it's rare. But and yeah. not to turn it into a gripes <laughs> episode because I'm full of positivity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, it's a real problem, and it's and it's a shame that we don't have those moments more mm-hmm. you know, frequently but when we do come across it it's like oh see this is what i love yeah. this is what i love this well, is what i want it's so great i think too when you see let's say you know there's been so many pearls right in the industry in the last two years they've really yeah. like stepped forward and i still get excited when i see like a pearl placement you know maybe it's a little lopsided or Maybe it sits between the fingers or, or whatever it is that you see something original that the designer sat down and said, I want to make this pearl ring, mm-hmm. but how do I make it mine? Mm-hmm. Right. And when you see this approach that even can be so simple, mm-hmm. right, but can be so intriguing. Yes. That's what's exciting. I'm, yeah. And I don't want to see the same thing anymore. I don't either. Know? And I wish that people kind of understood that they don't have to work in such a circumscribed uh, fashion, that jewelry doesn't have to look the way that they've mm-hmm. sort of, it doesn't need to look the way that, uh, how do I phrase this? Jewelry doesn't have to look like what they've seen their whole lives right mm-hmm. it yeah. it can be so much more and again it's like the ar- architectural nature of the work just allows for so much room and so much freedom and design mm-hmm. that it's a little bit shocking that people don't indulge in that more and obviously if you're talking about something like fine jewelry there are you know monetary limits and that's perhaps mm-hmm. yeah. why a lot of people don't push those boundaries but there is also you know costume and art jewelry and all sorts of other kind of materials that you can work within that give you plenty of opportunity to go really, really big, yeah. you know? And I'm yeah. totally a fine jewelry person and wearer, but I totally indulge in art jewelry when it's like, oh, that's so special. Yeah. I just don't love things when they look like they've been made from paper and string. But if they look yeah. like they've been made from like really cool paper and string, that might be, <laughs> that could be I an just, exception. I love our yin and yang here. I know. I mean, and that's why we're here, guys. That's why we're here. Because we have, we have two why different are we opinions. Here? Why am I here? Because I love paper and string jewelry and somebody has to, to talk about. About the other, other stuff. stuff. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love this. Okay, so now we're gonna we're gonna get into some things that we really love. Not mm-hmm. that we we didn't love that, but tenacity. Tenacity is important. Love to see it. Love to see it. It's very necessary. Tell me what you mean by tenacity. I love when when you meet a jeweler, and you know they're living the brand, mm-hmm. right? And it's not so much that they're not an annoying way, right? Like really getting honest about look at my line, look at my line, but that when you when you meet them, mm-hmm. you see the drive, right? Yeah. That they are not going to give up mm-hmm. with this drive to make their vision visible mm-hmm. in the world, mm-hmm. right? I love to see that. Yeah. So it, it's not just about, I mean, I think it's a lot of that has to do with that whole package, right? Like that you're authentic, that you're creative, that mm-hmm. you're being original, right? And that you're really going for it, going for it. The second thing on the list, which I'm trying not to say, so I'm just going to go ahead and say it, that goes hand in hand with this is the hustle, right? And and those two uh. things, tenacity and hustle. But he says, Alon says this, but, you know, that's how we got to where we are today, Absolutely. right? Just yeah. constant hustle. And, you know, 
jewelers all the time ask, you know, ways to become more successful, ways to get their brand out there more. And the thing that I say is first and always, you have to work harder than everyone else is working mm. or smarter, whatever that thing is you mm -hmm. want to say, harder, smarter, smarter, harder. It, that's not the point. The yeah. point is you really have to work. It doesn't come easy. I do think, can I, can I get a little controversial? Yes. Go. I don't think most people of a certain generation, I'm not going to be, listen, I'm not going to be one it's of fine. these people who's like yelling at young people. I'm not going to do that here. I'm not going to okay, do that. Okay. I'm 32. Okay. okay I'm not yeah, like, yeah, okay. I'm not old enough to even Are have you that a millennial? I think so. I think technically I am. I think you are. Yeah. yeah. I think I am. So whatever. Uh, I don't think that my cohort, my yeah. age and younger, really understand what it means when you say work hard. I I have encountered this so many times where you have people who talk a big game about their work ethic and stuff like that. And then they actually encounter hard work and they're like, no, this isn't for me. Yeah. I was like, yeah, hard work is that part where you say, no, this isn't for me. Mm. That's hard work. And you have to kind of push through that. If you really yeah. want it, you have to yeah. push through that. I mean, A, if you move to New York, yeah. it's just not – I mean, living here living isn't here easy. Living here is easy. It's hard to bring groceries home because you always – I invariably get too much stuff and then I can't carry it. You yeah. Know, stuff I, like I look at people who have a dog and I'm like, are you crazy in this yeah. town? I have a dog. That's See, so – that's so insane hard. in this city. That's insane in this city to me to have to have a dog. I, you know, I'm single. I need a dog. I know. I know so, you do. Yeah. <laughs> it's the reality. You need the dog. <laughs> Who else am I going to talk to after a long day's well, work well, day of podcasting? We'll, we'll we'll have to we'll have to have a separate conversation about that at some point, Jamie. If you're just sitting at home talking to the dog, we need to we need to have a conversation. But. Um, yeah, so I, I appreciate the dedication and the hustle. We we know so many people who are such incredibly hard workers who've been in this business for so long, and we, you know, speak to them on a regular basis. And I admire them so much for that. That's mm -hmm. kind of the fun thing about this business is being in a community of small business owners because most businesses in jewelry are small, mm -hmm. and they're oftentimes just right. one person shows. Even the big. Jewelers. Exactly. Are yes. Small Even the larger companies. brands that are kind of much more visible and known to people are usually like two, maybe three people shows at the end of the day. And then there's a lot of contractors who help them out on a mm -hmm. per job basis, that kind mm -hmm. of thing. But they're not like massive enterprises for the most part. So it's, uh, that's kind of the great thing. We're in a group of people who are, incredibly dedicated to the work, to the craft, are hard workers. And I don't mean to like come off like we're talking uh, about sort of the, the very unhealthy, self-destructive kind of hustle culture mm -hmm. stuff. Right. When I don't mean to get hate into that. I hate that shit. And yeah. it's such it's such a horrific thing to it's such a horrific myth to spread too that you have to kind of kill yourself in order to accomplish anything. Right. That's lunacy. When we talk about the hustle, we talk about the love for it. Exactly. That drives it's the drive you. and the passion. Yeah. It's the fire in your belly. And mm -hmm. I love to see that and I love being around that because mm -hmm. it inspires me and my work. I'm sure yeah. it does the same for you and for jewelry week when you've got sort of a cohort of people like that that you're working with on any given project yeah. it's probably i don't want to put words in your mouth but i can't imagine that that isn't the thing oh yeah that you love, love the most love you know 
Well, so. and I think too, and, and you know, we're lucky enough to be to have our businesses in New York, right? Mm-hmm. And we're full of people like that here, right? You come to New York, most people came here, yeah. right? And they came here with that fire in their belly, right? Yeah. And that's really exciting. But I think what I love too is that this hustle now applies you don't have, to jewelers all over the place. You don't have to live in New York or LA anymore if you're in the US to that's make true. it. That's true. Because Instagram, mm-hmm. right, changed the game. And I love to meet jewelers who are doing their thing wherever they want to be. I think that's so I agree so with you 100%. Okay, so uh, next up mm-hmm. on this list of things we love yes. is the business of it. I do like dollars love and cents. business. I do you like making money? Love it. Love it. I, I, love, I love business. <laughs> <laughs> I love business. I love it. I love, I love, I love. Why? Oh, I love Why do you it. love the business? Do you know what I really love? I love logistics. Mm, me too. And love I love, it. I love spreadsheets. I do. Uh, this is not just, this is mm-hmm. totally serious. I yeah. love sp- logistics, spreadsheets. I love problem solving in that way. And I love running a business. I love counting the money. I love handling it all. You know, mm-hmm. I, I love I love yeah. just the act of conducting business. I love filling in a spreadsheet. That's true. I, I, I get such satisfaction. Color coding it. Oh, yeah. oh, 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 oh. Mine is color coded. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, color coded. Is it even a spreadsheet if it's not color coded, guys? I don't think so. Don't hot think take. Hot take. America, <laughs> if you're listening, I don't think it's a spreadsheet if it's not color coded. Right. Okay. But and there's I think too what I love about it is like it's markers for your success along the way. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not specifically spreadsheets. Those help track it. But it just, just sounded that, like you said spreadsheets. <laughs> spreadsheets. But that, you know, when you put yourself into creating goals for your business, right? And then you achieve those goals, uh-huh. right? It's so fulfilling, right? It's great to like work towards something it's and have it satisfying. come together. Yeah. And yeah, I love that. I love, you know, most of what I do for Jewelry Week is logistics. Mm-hmm. You know, I love figuring out how we can be more efficient mm-hmm. with things and how we can reach new people and how we can share different stories. And there's just so many, I think, exciting things that go behind a business. You know, I'll, I'm just going to be really honest. I don't know how you, mm-hmm. Alan, yes. and jewelers are alone. I have an amazing partner, Bella Naiman, in Jewelry Week. And I, we have decided together, whatever happens with Jewelry Week, hopefully we're here for a thousand years. If we're not, we're only working together mm-hmm. in the future. Yeah. I, I'm not entirely alone. I I have help. Right. I have help. I have assistance. I, I do have help. I don't run sort of uh, the day-to-day logistics of a shoot on set by myself at all. And at this point, I used to do it all, all, all of it, all of it by myself and on my own. At this point, I would have a very hard time because of how busy we are. So uh, I wouldn't be able to do what I do now entirely on my own. But at the end of the day, the business is only mine mm. and I'm the money. And nothing happens without me. So there is that pressure of like being the sole business owner and mm-hmm. everything kind of falls on you when things go awry as in any business they do. So that's that's hard and stressful. So I enjoy being in the company of others who um, go through the same things. 
Uh, and that's sort of what I love about this business in particular as well. It's a majority of the people who are in it are, you know, solo shows. And it's mm-hmm. great to get to chat with them about just the day-to-day of the business stuff. And that's mm-hmm. that, that's immensely, um, uh, there's an immense amount of support. And I find a lot of support in the community too, with, with right. jewelers with one another too. I don't see mm-hmm. a lot, perhaps I have too much of a bird's eye view, but... I don't see a lot of sort of uh, bickering and fighting and, and sort of nasty kind of competitiveness. I mean, right. that does exist, but it's... Mm, yeah, everyone's very supportive. Immensely other, so. I think, I think so. Great. Yeah, I, I find that people tend to want to show, share mm-hmm. resources. And I always share my resources with jewelers that we work with. And I'm more than happy to pass on contacts and give advice from the things mm-hmm. that I've learned about the business. So that's that's part of it too. I, I find all of that stuff... Uh, enjoyable. I like watching people succeed too. It's so much fun to start to work with somebody who is relatively small and uh, you see them put in the work, the drive, the passion, the creativity, all of those good things. And then finally watch the business take off. Mm -hmm. And I know that, you know, it's perhaps a little uh, uncouth of me to say that success is or to speak in terms of success as monetary success. Um, but this is a business. <laughs> so monetary success should be part of your equation yeah. because you do need to pay your bills. Mm-hmm. That's the world we live in. And uh, I think that it's, to me, immensely satisfying to watch jewelers get to that monetary yeah. uh, success over time because yeah. it's like, it's a kind of, and perhaps this is like a slightly twisted thing to say, but it does sort of legitimize you. And it mm-hmm. it is a sort of pat on the back for putting in the work, you know, to be like, okay, mm-hmm. wow, I can, this is viable now. I have, I have taken this from nothing mm-hmm. and I've made it into something and I've made it viable and I can pay my bills and I can take care of myself and I don't right. have to have that second job anymore, et cetera. I can just follow my passion. That's incredibly yeah. fun to watch. Yeah. And I, I love the idea to you talking about community, how mm-hmm. we can build each other up, right? And success can be can be shared too. Absolutely. Like, you know, if I always say this is things people talk about in business often are don't do everything yourself, mm-hmm. right? Get the experts to do those things, right? Hire a lawn, take your po- pictures, right? Yeah. And get those people who really love certain aspects of that part of your business mm. to help you out. Like I love selling jewelry. I, I don't do, do that I anymore. Know. Yeah. But, but selling jewelry is fun. Love it. Love it yeah. too. I love talking about it. I love meeting the people who are interested in it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I always too, I feel like when you go into a jewelry store, you don't just go into a jewelry store. Well, I mean, some people do. You know, oh, well, yeah, to yeah. look. But you yes. go because you love jewelry, right? Generally, You're yes. there because you love it. You're yes. not like, I hate jewelry. I'm going to go into this jewelry store. Yeah. No. No. no you're you not go in because you love jewelry, mm-hmm. right? It's not like a, a five and dime where you're just seeing what's there. You know mm-hmm. what's in there. Yeah, it's, it's jewelry. It's jewelry. <laughs> that's and you're going to love it, yeah. right? But I, I love that. It's, that's such a great environment, mm-hmm. a jewelry store, because people are there looking for jewelry. And I love talking about so it. I love. What stores do you love? Let's let's mention a few specific shops that okay, you love. Okay, I use so I used to live near Bergdorf on Fifty Sixth okay. Street, and you know, I'll be honest with you guys, can't afford to buy jewelry from the Bergdorf Jewelry Salon, mm-hmm. but I love it. I would go in there once a week mm-hmm. at least, 
and just walk around, mm. look at the jewelry, try the things on, mm-hmm. you know, the things, you know, the 30 carat, you know, sapphire. Yeah. I mean, because um, why not? Why right? not? Why but not? I love that. I love those jewelry stores that are a true experience. I do too. I love you know? a kind of like... Uh, this is a shop that clearly thought about visual storytelling and where everything from the storefront to the staff to the, you know, the drawers and the shelves and the cases, all of it has its like own. Dream. Yeah, exactly. All of it has its own brand and visual identity as mm. well. And I love shops like that. And that's sort love of it. like, that's the cool thing about jewelry stores. I feel like most of the time mm. they're, they're the ones kind of pushing to be visually much more interesting to walk through. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I also love Specific Gravity, which is in mm-hmm. Brooklyn, connected to Brooklyn yes. Metalworks. Um, oh, that's, so that store supports mm-hmm. makers mm-hmm. within their studio, um, which is cool because it doesn't mean, you know, there's no one there mm-hmm. who isn't making that jewelry in New York, right? Mm-hmm. It's not about who's popular right now. Yeah, It's about good jewelry coming out of the studio Mm -hmm. so you can really discover up and coming jewelers there yes unique stuff lots of times their early career not often great price points Mm -hmm. love to buy jewelry yeah i agree with that i think that there's like um something that you and i talk about quite often um we tend to lament that there isn't a CFDA equivalent uh, for jewelry, which is a terrible shame. There aren't mm-hmm. those incubators. They don't really exist. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're we're working on stuff. Working we're on working stuff. on stuff. But that's a good but, point. Yeah. But it's great about the community that, like, people on their own try to pick up that slack and help young mm-hmm. designers and help mm-hmm. try to um, sort of create those environments and those kind of incubators and give advice, business advice to young designers who really need it. Right. And I love to see it in New York because like we were just talking about, this is where you come. This is where you come. If you're a young dreamer, Mm -hmm. a young artist, you're coming to New York to chase that dream. And the fact that we don't have more stores supporting Mm -hmm. that rising talent, Mm -hmm. I find very sad. And this is one of the reasons we started Jewelry Week in 2018, because Mm -hmm. we went to the stores and it was all the same jewelers. Mm -hmm. And we were like, why? And by the way, it still is. Well, yeah. It's still, I mean, so the work that you guys do is incredible because you've helped push uh, so many young, talented jewelers and pluck them sort of out of obscurity. And they're now big, big deals. And that's largely because of the exposure they got from NYC Jewelry Week. And that's incredible. And that's true. And we've developed relationships and friendships with those designers who, frankly, nobody would have heard of had it not been for the platform. And that's the great thing about the city mm-hmm. is that you can come here and like you and Bella did, you can create something like NYC Jewelry Week out of nothing. Mm -hmm. And now you're helping build legitimate global businesses, global businesses, some of these people. Like, it's incredible. And that happened in a span of five years. Yeah, amazing. That's incredible. Because we love jewelry. Because you love jewelry legitimately, but you love all jewelry. And you love all jewelry and you love um, sort of, True ingenuity, creativity, that sort of thing. And you push for that. And mm-hmm. that is so, so important. There are plenty of really lovely people in this business who make beautiful things that are not interesting, that are not, 
you know, things that are unique to them that you could find anywhere else, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not to disparage their time, effort, and the craftsmanship, but you and Bella work so hard to curate people who are really pushing it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And you know what you touched upon that I love mm. about this industry and that Jewelry Week loves, mm -hmm. right? Certainly all the things we've been talking about are the checklist of reasons we work with jewelers, mm -hmm. to be honest. But the relationship, yeah. that's what it's about. And we love that. That's what business really is about. And that's what most businesses really at the end of the day are about. And we get to have relationships with um, just incredible individuals. At NYC Jewelry Week, you really curate that group of people. So we get you know, to have relationships with people who I don't know that I would ever encounter them otherwise in my day-to-day -day life or have mm -hmm. the opportunity to get to know them and have the opportunity to have a genuine friendship with them just because, you know, of the way life works, we're all kind of in our own lanes. Mm -hmm. And this is the fun thing about it and where all of those, you know, streams can cross and merge and we can mm -hmm. all mingle and become richer for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because the, the relationship, I mean, it's not even too, I think, what's so exciting about the industry, the relationships, obviously, with the jewelers that you're talking about, and yes. the relationships with the community that we spoke about earlier, but also a relationship with jewelry, mm -hmm. right, as humans, and mm -hmm. how exciting that can be, you know, as you collect pieces or get to know, you know, the jewelers behind the pieces or get something passed down to you from your grandmother. There's these this, like, really human historic relationship mm -hmm. with jewelry that I just love. I love to see jewelers thinking about their jewelry in relation to how it relates to people. Yeah, right? in relation to culture, to, mm -hmm. to the timelessness of jewelry and all mm -hmm. of those things. Yeah, that's important. And that's sort of, I think that's my, why I am always personally much more attracted to fine jewelry and fine materials mm -hmm. like that because of the time kind of inherent timelessness of something like gold mm -hmm. you know and that's what sort of draws me to that there's like just there's such a history to the material mm -hmm. itself and then to transform that into the incredible things that we see all the time people transform it into mm -hmm. is to me super super exciting yeah mm -hmm. well and i love art jewelry for the same sort of reason that could the capability to create something that can tell a story. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to use the exhibition from Jewelry Week um, 2021. Um, Ada Solova um, created an exhibition called News from Central Asia mm -hmm. and had paper earrings in it, which it we noted earlier. Yeah. Um, that were telling the story of, you know, women um, from a land where they don't have freedom, they don't have rights, right? This was a way to like tell the story of family and history through these paper earrings. They were portraits mm -hmm. of family members. They were beautiful. You and I saw the exhibition together, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. They were beautiful. But there's such a, a great way you can storytell, whether it's through, you know, materials, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, gold and diamonds, of course, but also these other ways that you can take jewelry the essence of the meaning, right, and the legacy and history of that type of art form mm -hmm. and infuse it with our modern stories in new ways is, is so exciting. That, that's so thrilling. And again, it just makes me lament the fact that it's so few people who push the boundaries and do that kind of work. Like, there's also mm -hmm. no reason that uh, an exhibition like that couldn't have been done with, you know, 
for people who maybe are not into paper earrings that you couldn't find a group of designers who work in fine materials who want to do a storytelling on that level. Mm -hmm. And it's a shame that it's hard to find exactly that. I mm -hmm. wish uh, I wish that were easier. I wish there were more people doing that. But uh, because I don't think that we live in a world where something has to be planned to be commercial. Mm -hmm. I think it's quite the opposite nowadays. I think yeah. especially with younger consumers, um, that's more and more so the case in that uh, people want the next thing and people want stories right. and people want meaning, right? Meaning is so important for most consumers nowadays. Uh, and especially if you're getting into the realm of buying, you know, high fine jewelry or fine jewelry or something mm. like that where you're spending a considerable amount of money, you want there to be meaning behind that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's people will often try to like emulate companies like Cartier or Bulgari or something like that. But the that nail ring that Cartier makes that has meaning and a history. Mm -hmm. And that's why that's such a popular design. Yeah. Yeah. It comes from somewhere very specific. It comes from a specific time and place in history and from a perspective. And all of that is the thing that enriches the design and that right. has made it as popular. Right, as because it is. in the beginning, when it was brand new, it had that story connected yes, exactly. to sort of what, what it was meant to be. Exactly. And that's sort of an important thing for people to keep in mind as they continue to produce work. We know so many people who are incredibly talented who do work, I think, on that level, mm -hmm. who are just not out in the world or, or known enough by lay people and mm -hmm. and watching sort of people individuals like that struggle mm -hmm. to get their work out in the world is always such a shame and i just that makes me go back to kind of lamenting there not being something like a cfda equivalent because mm -hmm. i wish we would have you know a whole month in new york city where people curate those collections. It's called Jewelry it's Week. It's called Jewelry Week. <laughs> <laughs> and well, to this point, we <clears throat> did have a wonderful exhibition as well on the other spectrum mm -hmm. by Dana Bronfman mm -hmm. and our friend Delphine. Yes. As well. Mm -hmm. They brought an exhibition of fine jewelers mm -hmm. together, storytelling about why they make what they make mm -hmm. and what inspires them and had a beautiful exhibition of the backstory mm -hmm. behind the jewelry, mm -hmm. right? The sketches and they were all there, could talk to you about it. So there is, there is, and that's what's so great about Jewelry Week is we bring together all these moments, mm -hmm. right? Where it's about jewelry, but it's also about that relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk about the next thing we love on our list, okay. which we've kind of alluded to is legacy of jewelry, legacy. right? I mean, obviously... These are the only the legs I see. Art form, right? <laughs> These are the only legs I see. Okay, legacy. <laughs> no. As he throws his legs into the air I did. on the table. I'm sorry, but anyway, go on. Legacy. So legacy. I'm jewelry in and of itself, right, is a legacy. But the oldest art form, right, mm -hmm. jewelry. And what's so wonderful about it is it connects to us as humans. It's not art we're going to hang on the wall, right? That's right. It's not clothing that will deteriorate. Mm -hmm. These are things that, like we said, we can pass on to our loved ones, um, that we can collect and cherish, that we can just tell those stories of who we are 
and where we come from. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's that's the unique power of what jewelry can do. The power of jewelry. The power and, of jewelry. And that's the other thing we love. I know. That's our final note on this, <laughs> is the power of jewelry. I did you, that. Perfect sentence. I did that. I segued us <laughs> right into that. You're welcome. Yes. I'm a professional. Yes. I come in and I do the work. Okay? Go on. So, but yeah, power of jewelry. I mean... There's so much, I think, power in the sharing and the making and mm -hmm. the wearing of jewelry. And it all comes back to that idea of storytelling that we've been talking about, of course, because you wear the jewelry because you you wear the Cartier ring, right? Because you want to express that story that, that is connected to mm -hmm. it or your personal story mm -hmm. of love. Mm -hmm. You know, there there's so many things that can be put um into place mm -hmm. and shared I, jewelry. I, I, I agree. And it's it's that story. It's obviously the story of it being a gift as well from a loved one, which for me it is. And it's also uh, a thing of, uh, it's uh, at the end of the day, you don't wear a thing just because it has a story or it has meaning. Like the portraits that you mentioned from the exhibition, News from mm -hmm. Central Asia, mm -hmm. that they were beautiful. They were they weren't conventionally like the most marketable sort of things in the world. I wouldn't say, yeah, yeah, but yeah. they were but they were beautiful. Mm. I think at the end of the day, I think it has to be beautiful, and because that's the thing that gives you the impetus to wear mm -hmm. it, and then to yeah. layer meaning on top of that, that makes it even more powerful, right? It communicates mm -hmm. the message in an even more powerful way. Yeah. Well, and that's the power of jewelry, right? The, mm -hmm. That beauty too can be in the eye of the beholder, as of course, they say. Of course, that it can. It can appeal to so many different people mm -hmm. on so many different levels. Yeah, right? absolutely. And we all wear jewelry. I we say all this all the time. Mm -hmm. We all wear it. At some point in our life, we're all going to buy a piece of jewelry. Men, women, everyone in between. I see everyone do it. I see like the broiest, most hetero dudes wearing jewelry, and they wouldn't even refer to it as jewelry, but they do. Yeah. You know, so it's uh, it's everyone. It's you, universal. It's so human, mm -hmm. and that's and sort it's of... our history markers, right? When Absolutely. we get married, we exchange rings. Mm -hmm. and, um, when someone dies, we pass on that jewelry. Mm -hmm. Um, and carry it along. So, yeah. so much power in that. Yeah, like a, the, a very wise woman once said this very clumsy sentence, like a rolling stone, it gathers meaning, which a rolling stone does not do that. <laughs> kind of does the opposite. <laughs> but but, but I, we the, hear it. The, the essence of, of yeah. that statement, I think we can understand. Yeah. Yes. In the elegance of our podcast, we can understand that. Oh, if there's anything that's elegant. A lot. Yes. Fun part of this show. We're going to close it out with jewelers we love. I love that. You go first. Okay. So I love many jewelers, but I'm going to stick to, I think, the people that I would actually like personally buy stuff from. Okay. Uh, you know, I have an affinity for fine jewelry specifically, and I love high carat gold, and that's mostly what I wear. So mm. my list is kind of like not super the exciting. And gold list. It's the gold list. It's just what I like, and I'm not going to be like insincere and get on here and talk about like all kinds of stuff We're that is genuinely only cool. Honest. We're yeah. only honest. I, there's plenty of stuff that's genuinely cool, but I wouldn't, it's not for me, and I wouldn't wear it, but it's great. That's why we have a podcast, and they don't. So. And, well, that's that part. That part right there. What you got? What you got? So I love 
Bushron. Okay. Yeah. And I know this is one of the big guys, and we like to kind of name people who... I love Bushron. I mean, I who doesn't them. love Bushron? I mean, some people maybe don't, but I do, and I don't care who love doesn't. Them. I love Bushron, and I love uh, specifically uh, a collection that they did before this Maharaja collection, uh, which was, I do not know the name of this collection, which is a terrible shame, but it's the pieces uh, with all the kind of large scale architectural uh, iridescent mm-hmm. material. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that material is. I don't know if they worked in acrylic or some if it's some sort of stone that they cut. Well, and it was surrounded by diamonds. That's the thing too. And it Gorgeous. was it was just incredible. And what I love about that, and I know that we try to focus on like naming people that most people hadn't heard of and to give them a little bit of a voice. But I think what's important about what Bushron does specifically with those collections that they put out, those kind of big seasonal collections, uh, is that they really push the boundaries of what people have grown accustomed to seeing from high fine jewelry. Mm-hmm. And they have operate very much with this mentality of having their couture collections and then they're kind of ready to wear stuff, right? And they really treat the couture collection like any great designer with an atelier, with a couture atelier. And kind of push the boundaries of design in general. And I love that collection because I think... It was called Holographique. Holographique. Magnifique. Fantastique. There you go. But <laughs> Jimmy's doing a dance. I don't know why. It's a disco. It's, it's a, a disco. La discothèque. Yeah. Hello. Maybe that's what they'll do next. Yeah. La discothèque. Mm. I would buy it. Make it. Should I'll buy it. Should we do a podcast episode where we just give out ideas? Let's, oh, let's do an episode where we give all the big guys ideas. This is what you should do. <laughs> Le discothèque. Take it. Take it. Go with it. So I would uh, – I, lo- I love what they do specifically uh, because of the scale that they operate on. They're teaching the masses about uh, what jewelry can be. And I think that that's healthy for the market in general because I do believe that it helps – uh, sort of late consumers whose exposure to jewelry would typically be, you know, big fancy emeralds and diamonds, and that's kind of it. And that's kind of their idea of high, fine jewelry. It helps to kind of train their eye to look for much more interesting work. And then hopefully they see a collection like that and inspires them to find a young designer, a young jeweler who's always made work like that, mm-hmm. who uh, is maybe for that particular consumer at a more accessible price point. But it is really pushing the boundaries of creativity within jewelry. And they buy something from them. So I I think it's really great. My analog for this is, and this is a bit silly, but I think of it like it's kind of like Will & Grace in that if Will & Grace wasn't the big mainstream success that it was, uh, it wouldn't have helped so many sort of young gay kids across the country, across the world, really, Mm -hmm. sort of be okay with themselves, but also it made coming out to their family significantly easier. There's so many stories about Will and Grace of just like parents watching it with their kids and taking, having like a positive takeaway from the show Mm -hmm. and learning, you know, what it means to be gay via the show, you know, regardless of how maybe narrow the show's view may have been about gayness in general. But I feel like when the big houses that do have the eye of the mainstream push the boundaries, it's good for the market. Mm-hmm. Do you agree so with that? True. Yeah, so yeah. true. And that collection is stunning. Stunning. Like, just objectively stunning. Stunning. Okay, I'm going with the Brooklyn. Go for it. Brooklyn duo, Lash and Tour. Mm-hmm. 
Soul and Dynasty Ogun, two sisters, run this brand. Soul does the jewelry. Dynasty does the fashion. Both of it's amazing. But I am obsessed with their jewelry. I never know what they're going to do next. Mm -hmm. And I love that. Mm -hmm. It's big. It's different. Honestly, don't even know how to describe it. Mm -hmm. But what we'll do after this podcast, in case you guys don't know any of these, is we'll put it on Instagram so you guys can see the list of brands. Yes. Yes. That and we'll have we visuals love. so that you know yeah. exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. So, okay, go. Who got next? I love Linda Hodge. Mm. Uh, I love her work. Uh, I have one of her pieces that she gifted me and I'm not mentioning her because it was a gift, but I genuinely love her work because she works within a 22 karat gold plus. And which is, you know, I'm such a sucker for high carat gold like that. I love, 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 love it. I love wearing it. It's I never wear anything less than 18 karat gold. It's just like I love the feel of it. I love the look of it. I love everything about it. The weight weight of it. it. It's just sexy. And she makes these really cool designs that are very much old world inspired, but they feel very contemporary and very cool. And they feel like hip you know so i i i mix her necklace with you know my mm-hmm. like gay pirate ysl attire so and it works beautifully it works it works it's a look so it's it's a total vibe it's a look and i love i love just the weight of it it's also just the beauty of high carat gold like that i can never get sick of mm-hmm. so i i love her for that and i love the edge that she brings to really old world design inspired design yeah mm-hmm. no i hear that I yeah love it. okay next on my list is an artist named well her real name is kelsey but she goes by the name everything sacred for her brand mm-hmm. west coast artist i think she lives in the desert love everything she does does a lot of brass jewelry started doing some paper mache jewelry which mm-hmm. i'm obsessed with not mm-hmm. super wearable but mm-hmm. very cool um she does beadwork as well mm-hmm. and every time i wear her jewelry which if you follow jewelry week definitely seen me in it i get asked about it every time love. it's so simple and beautiful and yeah just again i love those jewelers that do things that i never know what's coming next and mm-hmm. she's one of them i love that yeah go Fab. who you got oh okay number three we can't do a show like this and people are going to get so sick of of, so sick of me specifically because of this i can't do a show like this without mentioning let me guess (laughs) lorraine west lorraine west i mean listen okay so we do talk about her a lot but I think we talk about her Worth for it. very good reason. Yeah. So I love Lorraine West. I own several of her pieces. I'm about to own a few more. I love her. Yes. And you know what's really exciting for me? She always makes the pieces for me in 18 karat gold. Yes. And I own her the only major necklace in 18 karat gold. Yes. The her only signature one. signature necklace. The signature major necklace, which is, in fact, major. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not just in name, but also... In spirit, it is in fact major, and I have it in 18k, and it's like one of my favorite pieces of jewelry. I wear it almost every day, and I actually do pair that one a lot with my Linda Hodge sort mm-hmm. of uh, sword that she gifted yeah. me. So uh, I love her pieces. I love the way that she plays with minimalist design. It is minimal, I think, in nature. I I don't know that it's fair to call it minimalist, but it is simpler in nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is sort of exciting to me about her signature pieces 
is her play with negative space. Mm -hmm. So it's all about the space around the metal as much as it is about the shape of the actual metal as well. And she has, yeah, and she's got such an intelligent sort of understanding of balance. And that's hard to find. It's very nuanced. It's not easy Mm -hmm. to get right. But she really understands balance in an innate way. And I learned this about her from working with her, uh, just shooting for her. She really has an kind of understanding of what makes for a great photograph. Mm-hmm. And I always think of uh, her ability to see that is probably the same as her ability to then do that with jewelry. She just has a good understanding of framing. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's sort of a little bit ephemeral to describe via audio, but that's what I love about her work. She's also like one of the coolest people I know yeah, and, a, helps. Yeah. and a dear friend. And I just adore the woman. Yeah. So even though she... Occasionally drives me batty. I love you, Lorraine. I love you. Love Go you. next. Okay, number three on mm-hmm. my list is Sweetium. Uh-huh. Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm all in for Brooklyn. All today. in for Brooklyn. Listen, I'm a all former Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Brooklyn boy. And yeah, Lo- Sweet is one of my dear friends. Mm-hmm. And I love her jewelry because she's also an educator. And so she mm-hmm. uses jewelry to educate mm, right mm. about history about her history about Heritage. her origins mm-hmm. exactly and i think her jewelry is just so powerful mm-hmm. and it's it's beautiful and cool and joyful love to wear it yeah it's joyful there's uh, there's so much joy in her work too yeah yeah, yeah i love that a- okay you me alexa horton i love her again 22 karat gold plus, but super, super minimalist, plays with texture, very architectural designs, makes pieces that stack and layer kind of in really interesting ways, very three-dimensional sort of point of view. Love her work. Um, I'm hoping to get my hands on a couple of her rings soon. And I think that she um, is probably a self-described minimalist. I don't want to put words in her mouth, but uh, I think that she, again, much like Lorraine, has a really great understanding of balance, but she also makes pieces that feel incredibly weighty, too. Mm-hmm. So I have one of her, like, smaller ear cuffs that she gave me, but I have... um she makes these like she makes these really really cool sculptural rings, and I'm all about, like, a weighty, high-carat gold ring. I love nothing more than feeling the weight of like gold on a finger. Mm. I love that mm-hmm. so much. So yeah, that's yeah. that's another one for me. She's I'm, very cool. I'm going to get into this gold game. Get into the gold game. You, that There's nothing down. wrong with gold game. Listen, no, I, I love, love it. I love but it. listen, I love ma- alternative materials too. Mm-hmm. I think it's exciting what people can do with those. Right. But gold. Gold. Oh, delicious. Something about so a lot of people's favorites, Lauren Nicole. Love. West Coast jeweler. Mm-hmm. Lover. She used Love. to be an archite- or archaeologist. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you see that in in this jewelry. Her, her stuff it's is so cool. timeless. Mm-hmm. The stones are cool. They're not always expected stones, mm-hmm. which I love. She doesn't play by the rules, mm-hmm. right? Um, and she, it's big, it's bold, it's simple. Mm-hmm. Everything you want in like a gold, gold ring that you could wear forever. Love it. Love it. Okay, last one. Tess Sholem. Tess Sholem, legendary. The legendary Tess Sholem. 
big, big, big deal back in the 80s. Still a big deal as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. Huge deal. Legendary woman. Used to make, like, used to predominantly make fashion jewelry. And she actually at some point did uh, belts, uh, like brass belts for Dior. Mm -hmm. They were, like, went with a particular dress. And she has, like, the most incredible career, the most incredible history. I I mean, uh, Brooke Shields back in the day, uh, Bianca Jagger, like, like the the coolest people from that time period wore her stuff. And it was, like, everywhere and everywhere. She even did uh, Nancy Reagan when she met with Queen Elizabeth. Like, holy shit. And Queen Elizabeth was, like, decked down in, you know, very traditional diamond stuff. And there's Nancy Reagan in, like, this fashion jewelry by Teshel. At the time. I mean, how amazing is that? So that I, I I love her. I love her background as a designer, and now she works predominantly in high carat gold, twenty two plus, and she has like the audacity and nerve to make pieces in twenty two carat gold with stones the size of your bloody head that like cover the entirety of your chest. These, I mean, she it's it's sculptural. It's it's like fine art made out of high fine materials Mm -hmm. it's old world it's very much like ancient greek kind of inspired but it's very contemporary it's got that kind of like it's almost like jazz Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean it's got like such a kind of freewheeling kind of spirit about it her work it's really cool i don't hear enough people talk about her uh, but she is an absolute legend and it also helps that she is just one of the loveliest human Lovely. beings I've ever met in my yeah. life. And I feel so lucky to know her. But her work is just beyond. It's so next level. And it's not, I don't think it's like the most consumer friendly because her price points because of the amount of gold she uses are pretty high. And her pieces are not like wearable for every kind of consumer. Uh, and I love that she, like, that's not even her ambition. She's just making these incredible pieces that she loves. And, and they're beautiful. Although she does make some pieces I have seen from her that are of smaller scale and that are much more wearable. So if you're, like, into her aesthetic, you can still pick things up that aren't, like, crazy, that aren't, like, you know, an insane yeah. dollar amount worth of gold. But, yeah, she's just, like, she's such an artist. And I love people who operate yeah. that way. And that's why I mentioned the other people that I mentioned people. because – just artistry, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to match your 80s legend. Legend. With Robert Lee Morris. Yes. Another of the same, yes. that same era. Love. Did runway fashion yep. in the 80s, mm-hmm. famously with Donna Karen. Mm-hmm. But he did have a wood period where he okay. made amazing pieces in wood that are now huge collector items. Mm-hmm. Fabulous examples at Minaj Collection. If you guys are in New York City, go over there and check it out. Um, but yeah, I love him. I think he's yeah, living legend. Living legend living for legend. sure. Absolutely. So, yeah. Do do you have like without getting into long explanations, do you have like a quick rundown of like here's some other people pay attention to them please? No, because no. I can't even. I mean, that I coming up with the list it's of hot. five. Look, I could talk about jewelers all day, I and know. also I feel bad doing lists because then I and because you have to leave out, out like you a million people. people. I, know, I mean, I, I love so much jewelry, and I'm just going to plug something else I do here, which Alon's going to love. I do a series with Liz Cantner called Wish List. <gasps> yes, which we I love Liz Cantner. Hi, Liz. Hi, Liz. love you. Who are we're going to get Liz on the show. We haven't asked her yet, but she's on the list. She's on um, the list. We got to get her here from North Carolina. Yes. 
But we do a show called Wishlist, mm-hmm. which uh, we're, we're bringing it back, guys. So get excited where we literally list things on our wish list and we have to have a show dedicated to that. That's how much jewelry we love. So- Here's the thing. We each named five people. We could not – getting it down to five was absolutely Painful. insane. Painful. Painful. I could have named 50 people of whose work is incredible, beautiful, gorgeous that I would want to wear, own, whatever. We just can't do that. We don't have the time. So please don't be upset if if I haven't named you because – Because we love you all. That's what the episode was about. Exactly. And so, on that. And on that. Thanks for listening to Rough Cut. Thank you so much for JB. listening. Say your name. I'm Alon. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Find us at NYC Jewelry Week on the Instagram mm-hmm. and visit us at nycjewelryweek.com to find out more about us and this podcast and everything we do. And you can learn more about me by following me on my Instagram at Alan Seamich. And you can see more of my work on my website as well, alanseamich.com. See, I don't know what the internet is. I know. To me, it's like rubbing two potatoes together and hoping something happens. I have no idea what's going on. (laughs) I almost just fatigue. I can barely use (laughs) my phone. You brought a computer you couldn't even... I I couldn't log into it. Are you kidding me? This this laptop has been sitting here on this desk with a black screen on it for a better part of this day. We recorded three episodes and I've had nothing to look at because I don't know how to...